Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. He looks like he has radiation poisoning. That's what I don't get. Is that Tucker Carlson? Josh, looks stop like sharing your screen. He yeah. just crawled out of like a crater, that like like out of like Nagasaki. Like he just <laughs> looks like he just ate like a uh, a bowl of uranium. Like you know, but uh, apparently they dig it. Fox digs it, um, and also Amy Therese digs it, and uh, fucking Michael Tracy too. Probably at this point. So, Cole, oh, did you see? Did you see the clip of Representative Richmond and Matt Gates arguing? I didn't see the clip. I I just know the aftermath. I know that he tried out this Cuban person to be <laughs> like, "Here's my son, everybody," and people were like, "That not only is this weird, but like, like not only has he never brought this up before, but the one like the times people have found him mention this kid has been like." Oh, he's my helper, or he's my page. And it's like there's no mention that like Gates had adopted him before this. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck was he in relation to Gates before he's claiming that he is his child now? That's, he's like uh, that, he's like that guy that sucked off a uh, fucking Marlon Brando, right? In Cuba, where like actors used to go to Cuba and get sucked off. He's like that type of Cuban. Let's um watch the clip and then we can. Uh, <laughs> he's the, the blowjob Cuban. Yeah, we can talk about the blowjobs. <laughs> So here's the actual context, Cole. Uh, for the fight with Florida Congressman Matt Gates. You all are white males. You never lived in my shoes, and you do not know what it's like to be an African-American male. Are you suggesting that you're certain that none of us have non-white children? B- because you, you reflected <laughs> on your black son, and you said none of us could understand. Man, man, stop. I'm not about to get sidetracked about the color of our children. We're talking no, about said, black kids. I reclaim my time. It is not about the color of your kids. It is about black males, black people in the streets that are getting killed. And if one of them happens to be your kid, I'm concerned about him, too. And clearly, I'm more concerned about him than you are. So you're claiming you're I more am, concerned for my family than I do? Who in the hell do the you gentlemen, think you are? Gentlemen, if the, the shoe gentlemen, fits. Listen, you don't know how much we can <laughs> <gentlemen> lose. <laughs> <laughs> that dude looks like he'd get his like shit rocked if he tried to fight anybody though he really would like like this is so he, like slammed his he like slammed his fist on the table like he was Are gonna go fight that dude that none of us have non-white kids like like, like what the fuck so <laughs> like that, you have this, you have senator richmond or sorry representative richmond from louisiana and uh representative matt gates who i think is from florida yeah he's um <laughs> of course he's from Florida. Can I, can I do a fun fact, Josh? Yes. So if anyone know if any of you know who Joe Scarborough is, so that uh he does Morning Joe now where he occasionally gets into slap fights with the president. Um but um before that he was he was representing the same district that Matt Gates does. And Joe Scarborough basically had to leave office because one of his secretaries or one of his interns, a female intern, died. Um, in very mysterious circumstances, <laughs> oh like she like killed herself in his office or something like that. Like very, <laughs> very, very suspicious. And like he basically left amid people being like, "That's fucking weird. What's going on there?" And he was like, "I don't know. I'm leaving." Um, 
And now, now Matt Gates operates in the same district. And Matt Gates, when he was a freshman in college, his roommate was just like found hanging. Oh yeah, in, I heard about this. Room. Yeah. Like, again, another suicide. Very I think that suspicious. was like Chapo said that or something. I heard that from Chapo, but the, the Scarborough thing I had read about, like, um, basically, I was like, "Who the fuck is Joe Scarborough?" And I was like, "Oh, he's the guy who does like the morning, the coffee show where him Good and his wife." Did yeah, and then it's like, "Oh, actually, he was a Republican." Great. Oh, actually, his fucking secretary killed herself. Or in some 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 fashion that happens. So that's what that district is. That's how cursed it is. So like, so this guy brings. His, so in in an argument, right? He it's the equivalent of saying like, "Oh, I have black friends too. How can I be racist?" Yeah. So he's like, "Look at my non-white kid that I happen to adopt that no one knew about. He's just this like little Cuban boy." And like I was telling Josh before the pod, I'm like, if you look on the, uh, I said if you look on the oppression scale, it's like especially of Hispanics, it's like Cubans are like at the bottom. Yeah, because <laughs> especially like, white like, Cubans. Yeah, he looked white as shit. So it was like you know, like this dude isn't walking around and some. I mean, if he starts speaking Spanish, I'm assuming like some racist redneck piece of shit would call him like, you know, a slur or something. But I mean, in terms of like that, yeah. seeing him from afar. They probably well, the think problem, he's Italian or something. The problem is Matt Gates. <laughs> that's that like, actually worse, Matt. That's actually worse. Yeah. Matt, Matt Gates is basically Charlie Kirk if he got into Congress. Like they're very much the same yeah. person and like have the same antics where they pretend to care about a certain issue and use like just totally random things and always are offended, just always triggered. But in the argument, you can see like Senate, uh, Representative Richmond clearly says like we're talking specifically about the black male experience in America. And then Matt yeah. Gates is like, but I have a Cuban son. Yeah. And he's like, and what does like, it yeah. matter? And it I said, matter. exactly. And I said, I said, you know, um, it, his point still stands, right? He says, um, I'm, I don't think you guys understand what it's like being a black male in America. And like, they don't like, he's not yeah. like, like Matt Gates, even if he had a, even if his son was like darker than the night, like he still doesn't understand what it would be like. You know, he could like he can yeah. empathize, but he can't sympathize. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, he can't like. At least if we're if we're going on this specific wait, example, I think you maybe it's the other way around. Yeah. Or does it matter? I feel like you can empathize and sympathize, like, but you, you're not going to you're not going to have the experience. It's like different levels of knowledge. It's like you could understand how that might, how it might be, how it might be like theoretically. And you can empathize with that, but you're not going to have the the experience of um, that sort of that type of discrimination. And so you're not going to have the same like knowledge that like that person does, but um, yeah, but in this case, it's uh, basically a a clear, like he's clearly trying to derail him. Like this guy's Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you don't know what it's like to, to like terms of police brutality. Like, to to sort of operate with this reality every day and matt gates is just like well yeah exactly i have a cuban son what the fuck does that matter right now are we talking about the cops brutalizing cubans right now they they brutalize hispanic people that's true but not specifically cubans and all, like, yeah and like i said and that's it, not it, what's it, made the news lately so yeah. there have been like some like that one kid the 18 year old in new york who got like well yeah, like he gets shot got down, gunned down. And then there's that. Um, Of course, there's the uh, and it's not a cop issue. It's more of an American issue. But that girl that went missing in uh, Fort Worth and they're like, she's been missing for like six months or three, three months or six months. So anyway, yeah. she's been missing for a couple months and they haven't 
the army's like, we're not going to investigate it. And she like said that her superior officer like sexually assaulted her. So I was talking to a guy at work and he's like a, a army reserve guy. And he was like, I was asking him about it, like, because like most people don't know about it. The only reason I know about it is because I watch um, Telemundo, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "They killed her." Like, he's he's part of the army. He's like, "They killed her." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, they probably killed her." He's like, "Honestly," and I said, "Yeah," because you know, if you're in the army and you're like five minutes late for like, I don't know the local mess hall. I don't know what the fuck the army does. If you uh, routine. Yeah, if you're five minutes late from uh, making fun of Jewish people or whatever the army does nowadays, like they they automatically like court martial you and like start beating the shit out of you, you know. So it's like Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, like everyone gets a sock party. Like if you fuck up or whatever, they just tie you down and then beat you with like bundles of socks. That's a yeah. So I'm assuming so. that's like yeah. She probably got. Cat. Well, no, like I think I think that's a pretty plausible in the sense that so. Like, if we're thinking about, like, I, I don't know if it was, like, like an assassination or something, but it could be, well, she's talking about this officer, and this officer probably has buddies or people under him who like him and who are like, oh, this evil bitch trying to tear him down or whatever. And it could have been, like, a confrontation that way. Like, they were like, we're going to shut her up, and then they end up killing her. And then it's like, well, we're just going to cover this up. Oh, she's missing. We don't know where she is. Ugh, darn, you know. Yeah. Um, Maybe they'll teach her to keep her fucking mouth shut, you know, stuff like, stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. You know? yeah. Back to the whole Matt Gates having a secret son thing. Um, I love my favorite part of this was one, it came out of nowhere, but also the conspiracy theories that were coming out. Like, yeah. is Nestor actually a Cuban lover who Matt Gates was having sex with? I was underage and then they shipped him to America. See, that's what I was saying. He could be the Marlon Brando <laughs> type Cuban. He could yeah. be like, because he's because Matt Gates is from Florida, right? So he could be like hopping on like a like an ocean liner and going over to Cuba and you know getting sucked off in the uh, Havana Cabana, you know? Yeah. Um. So it, in the post itself, Josh, if you if you've read like the post where he presents it, it's like this. He's he's we don't share any blood. Um, which is like, okay, already off to a great yeah. start. Um, but he's my life. And again, I, I, I want to reiterate, <laughs> never heard about this motherfucker up until now. <laughs> In fact, he's been kept secret. If this guy's your, if this kid is your life, it's like, well, he doesn't want the scrutiny. It's like he was fine with having this kid be presented as his helper or his like page. Like he was fine with that. So like, why his not? His, like, boy. Yeah. Why not his child? And it's like, Again, you're going to be like, well, he doesn't want the kid to be harassed. Like, like that would like the fucking media, like the in terms of like who's who it's OK to go after. Almost every like like cuck journalist is like, well, we can't go after the kids. Like, you know, like Sarah Palin, like anytime someone met, like joked the fact that her fucking daughter just got knocked up by some slack jog yokel up in fucking Anchorage. Like everyone was like, no, you can't say that. Or like. If you make fun of Baron or something, people get like clutch their pearls. So like, yeah, like this Baron have autism. <laughs> yeah, is is Baron Slenderman? You know, like like these things. You can't say that. Um, so yeah, it's totally safe to come out and be like. In fact, that would raise if you're thinking like pure realpolitik, right? That would raise your fucking like 
resume, your your portfolio as a congressman. Matt Gates could pull that out anytime someone wants to step to him on race issues. He could be like, well, yeah, guess what, motherfucker? Uh, Cuban son. There you go. Here's Nestor. Here's my boy. Here's us at, a, at his quinceanera. Yeah, take that. You know, what, do you, what else are you going to do? Here's him sucking my dick. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that photo was still in there. But um, I've also noticed on Twitter there's this topic of grooming that has been coming up. And it's the uh, red, like the rhetoric behind it is great, super, dude. super annoying when it comes to this issue, I think. Yeah, I, I, I wonder – that's what I was saying before the pod. I was wondering if um, – this Matt Gates and Nestor, which on Tucker Carlson, the way he said his name made it sound like he was a He-Man villain. He was like Nestor. I was like, a, you know, the little Cuban Cuban He-Man villain. <laughs> he can attack He-Man with Spanish. Um, no, but like this whole I'm going to groom people thing. Uh, came, I think it came from uh, this girl, Naomi, talking about... Uh, uh, Glenn Greenwald and his adult husband, who's been who's been married to for fifteen years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I don't understand what is with the fascination of like two consenting adults relationship. It's such a weird like fascination, don't you guys think? Well, it's so this phenomena and other sort of takes that you know people have kind of brought out to be like. You know, here's like just like um, there's one Twitter account like her name's like Gaming Disorder Pog, <laughs> great mm-hmm. name. Um, and she had a thread where she was like, like just send me your most brain melting takes. Like, oh, I want them all. And I saw and I read through them and I was like, you know, these are all great. I'm my brain is dying. Um, but it's like it's like Tumblr. It's like all this shit I saw. All these takes are like. This is early 2010s Tumblr. Like, that's what it is. It's just been transported over to Twitter because Tumblr as a platform is kind of like, you know, not as popular. They're getting rid of porn or whatever, right? And so people have left that platform and have come over Mm -hmm. to Twitter. So, like, it's just these level takes are, like, that would be normal to see on, like, on Tumblr, like, at any point. Well, it's it's also, you know, very, it's very telling because... This girl also tweeted out about Jeffrey Epstein's victims and she so was like this, weird. Yeah. That was hilarious though, that I sent you guys the, the person that was like, cause she's essentially saying that the people who survived are smart and, yes. and you know, savvy or whatever. And she's essentially calling herself savvy. Cause she said that she was, they remind me of you know, me. They remind me of me, and I was groomed like, and stuff. And this, yeah. and this person, this fantasy—I'm assuming it's a guy who did it, but hopefully it's a girl. Anyway, this person was like, "Yeah, this uh, you saying reminds me of uh, my sexual assault, and like I was actually better than they were, and you were." Yeah. And then she's like, "Bitch," and she said, "Bitch, I was literally groomed." And this person said, "Bitch, I was literally groomed harder." <laughs> and then she blocks yeah. them, which yeah. is hilarious. It shows like, and then someone's like. Someone's mad that I got one that I won. <laughs> yeah, it's that, it shows like the, yeah. the bottom, right? Well, yeah, it's just like that rhetoric of like, oh, like let's let's compare our traumas or whatever, or let's let's try to like glean like whatever some sort of like, oh, I did my trauma better, 
So that makes me <laughs> cool and good. Yeah. Like I survived my trauma much better than other people did. And it's like, you know, like I don't see the the mindset behind. Like you you want to process your shit, you process your shit, right? But like coming out of it not being like, oh, that was awful. Like I I don't blame anyone for going through this and like die. like yeah like why the fuck would you talk about it like the people who died weren't clever enough but like, also the fuck? like be also, clever enough to dodge a bullet like from like like jesus christ go ahead also i think um so boys i've been dipping back into the uh i've been dipping my foot into the uh, first circle of hell again i've been listening oh, no. to a little bit of red red scare okay. um and uh, and I'll, I will stick by this. I think when you listen to them on the pod, Dasha and Anna can sometimes uh, create good and cogent points. But okay. when you when you follow them on Twitter, their takes are shit every single time. Yeah. So much. on the on Red Scare, uh, Anna said that a lot of these women who talk about like grooming, right? Especially like this girl, the Naomi Lachance. Um, she is just when she's describing grooming, she means like a 21 year old guy trying to date her when she was 17 and her mm -hmm. going along with it and her having like remorse that she went along with that. Right. Sure. So she's saying that like a lot of that time, it's not like a, she's like, there are actual like evil pedophiles and evil pedophilic acts. Right. Which are like, yeah. you know, fucking 35 year olds, like going after 10 year olds or 12 year olds or whatever. 15, like Drake, I think Drake is, is we can think of him as like someone who like, I, I know there's not, I, and I know I'm kind of like maybe saying this without like pure hundred percent proof that he's groomed, but like the fact that he is like nearly over 30 at this point and like, and he, for, yeah, like, he typically he, like, goes up 14 year olds. Like, yeah, like that I could definitely, I would not be surprised if that's like a thing we see like, Oh, here's like all the receipts of where he's like, you know, groomed women or whatever, but yeah. And I think, you know, and, and the thing that they brought up and I'm not, I don't agree or disagree with this point. So I'm just going to say what they brought up. They yeah. said that a lot, like, a lot of times it is like a female experience of like, cause men don't go through that. Right. Typically now there typically. are guys who do go through that, but typically men don't like at, at 16, they don't get into a relationship with a 21 year old female or whatever. Right. Yes. But like, they were saying that a lot of women go through that type of relationship. And I think that um, definitely, especially with the way that she was very narcissistic, right? Very making it about her talking about how uh, Jeffrey Epstein's victims were, were basically her and she's better than they are because she survived. Yeah. Um, and I think that it, I think there's a huge difference between a 21 year old dude trying to bone a 16 year old and Jeffrey Epstein. Because Jeffrey Epstein yeah. is really a satanic pedophile. Um, like, and like, mm -hmm. like they're like, I, I think, you know, a 21 year old guy trying to fuck anyone under 18 is like, to me, immoral. And, and, and it's like on its face, it's immoral. I understand mm -hmm. that, like, you know, it could be a case. I don't know. It, it feels gross to even be like, Listen, well, hold on. But let's, it. let's just say but this. Like, let's, that's not, let's, yeah, you know. Yeah, let's say this, right? And I'm not for this at all. I'm just saying, let's, let's throw this out there just to make yeah. it easier to talk about. It is a case by case basis on everything, right? So, sure. why, like, the thing is, you know, some people, when they're 16, whatever, they're like more 
like cognizant of the choices they make, but like we've kind of collectively as a society have agreed. We said, okay, well, 18, you can like make your choice. Right. But the thing is some of these women, which again, we're bringing, I'll bring up Naomi. She believes that a 19 year old dating a 27 year old is wrong, which isn't, it's not wrong at all. It's just like a, it's a, it's an age gap, but it's not like a ridiculous age gap. And it's not like he was grooming her from the crib. Right. Um, and, and the thing is, so where do you take the agency out? Right. Where do you, where do you say these people are cogent enough and they, they are cognizant enough of their person to have agency. Right. And so we, as a society have agreed 18, right. 18 is when you're a legal adult and that's when you have agency. So if you have agency at 18, Say like the day you turn 18, the 35 year olds like, hey, let's go out or whatever. Yeah, we can call it creepy. We can call it whatever. But we sure. I don't think that we can necessarily ascribe like and like this is pure evil morality or like even this is bad morality. It just is. Right. It's without, just like without like knowing the, the dynamics within it, because like right, I feel right. like it's case most by people case. assume that the older individual has like an unequal power imbalance. But like and I like. I know that's like as a rule of thumb, that's not necessarily like, you know, bad to like use, but it's also not entirely true in every case. Mm-hmm. And like, it's also, does it like you could have like if you are balances that don't result in abuse, I guess. Is, yeah. And if you are a, if you are a, uh, adult and you're consenting, right, you have eight full agency and you're consenting, then I don't find anything wrong with the relationship. Right. And so here, here's, Here's the problem, though. like, right, you said it's a very complex issue. It's different power, right, dynamics, right? So what about a person who is super rich versus a poor person, right? If a super poor, really hot, like, 20-year-old, mm-hmm. like, wants to date an 80-year-old who's rich as hell, why don't we kind of, like, look at that and say that's, you know, as bad as, like, a, a, a 30-year, 35-year-old dating an 18-year-old? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a little right. bit of a... Uh, kind of a dis it's kind of an intellectual disconnect there with like the people who were talking about the grooming and also the thing about that is she also showed her homophobia in the situation because she tweeted out like it's okay to have like a mom two moms or it's okay to have one mom but she's just talking about how it's not okay to have two dads well she was like i knew a lot of people with two moms who turned out fine one mom who turned out fine but i never knew someone with two dads you know, who turned out that way, like, which is she basically, and she finished it out. Like you, you need at least one mom. And it's like, yeah, literally saying two men also like talking about homophobia, also like weird racial stuff. She was saying like, Oh, well, because oh, the, the, the guy was, was Brazilian and Glenn is white, that that makes it. It's like, do you like, are you, you literally, you realize that they're in Brazil right there. Yeah. Like, you realize that they're one, you're saying that, just because he's Brazilian, he doesn't have agency, but also they're in Brazil. They live in Brazil. So in that ter- in that case, the, the husband has a, has a higher power in terms of power dynamics. And also his husband is in like their Congress. You know, he's yeah. like an elected official. This isn't yeah. some powerless child we're talking about. This was for 15 years. They- this is a 19 year old man, not boy, man. You're a man when you're 19. I'm sorry. Especially and, if you're if you're Brazilian and grew up in a favela, like like I can see like a night like 
Americans at 19, we're still basically babies, right? Because we haven't been through shit. If you're not, if you're not working class, but if you're Brazilian and like this kid lived through in a list individual lived through a favela, like that's like yeah, at 19, you, like this guy was probably like a, a, a man by our standards even before that because of all the shit you have to go through. Like a favela is like in a lot of places like a war zone. Like it's just and it's like just you know like on your own trying to survive in a place that's basically like imagine like like chicago but like just wor- way worse on like a, a way bigger scale too yeah. yeah all those things combined into this like thing where she is um coming through like just being like oh i didn't know glenn greenwald it's like one thing to be like you know, oh, I didn't know that, like, you know, his husband was that young when they met, huh? And another thing to be like, oh, that must mean that this relationship that exists now was built on abuse. And yeah. not just that, but to spin off all these theories, right, about, like, like, racial, like racial power dynamics. Like, Glenn, as the Ubermensch, as the <laughs> man with great Nordic genes, right, he is inherently in a po- more powerful position than this kid, than this, I keep saying kid, this Brazilian man is. At this point, the guy is like 34 or so. Um, yeah. But this Brazilian individual is. Especially like, like in Brazil, like, okay, Glenn Greenwald is like at the mercy basically of uh, like uh, Bolsonaro. Because like yeah. all his shit is like anti, like he does a lot of anti-fascist reporting. And say like the Brazilians wanted to like, lock Glenn, Glenn up like his husband would probably have to bail him out because his husband is actually in the government mm-hmm. and could pull some strings so at that point who's relying on who you know but yeah exactly um but i mean it's just kind of i mean we've seen a lot of that over this past uh week of people's brains just breaking in different ways like because i think it's and i, I think i've said this to you guys it's because um people want some semblance of like normalcy. And so they're like adding these, these, um, they're fighting these battles that don't actually matter. Oh yeah. yeah. So the thing is, you know, we can talk about power dynamics and we can talk about age gaps and stuff like that. But I think when you have, when you start shitting on a guy who has been happily married for 15 years, like I think, that just looking for you're like, just fighting to start something like or yeah like, and so you're you're doing that and then you're talking about grooming and you're doing all this stuff which like isn't a like it's a problem it could be a problem and it probably is a problem but like you're not you're not discussing any of the sweeping issues and i think what, the reason why is because it's it's really easy to look at two people and say oh well, these people have been in a relationship um, you know, that has a weird power dynamic. It's easier to, to look at that and like to, to like liberalize it, right? Like to neoliberalize it, to take two individuals yeah. and say, look at this and, and instead of looking at the bigger societal problems right now. Um, you know, cause it's, it's, we're still facing, we're still fighting the battles with like what to do about COVID and, you know, black lives matter is still a thing. Like we're still fighting for racial justice and, you know, to end police brutality. And, and those are big sweeping, questions and those are big sweeping battles and it's just easier to like bitch about this thing it's kind of like the thing is 
you know, we were saying, and we're going to keep harping on this until they shut, finally shut the fuck up about it. But we're, we're talking about like the class reductionists, right? And it's easier to beat that same drum and to constantly have the exact same hot take. And like on Twitter today to be like, Oh yeah. Why is Twitter tweeting out that black trans lives matter? It's, I'm like, what are you trying to say? Right? Like they don't like what, what I don't understand your messaging here. You can say yeah. like, yeah, a corporation's co-opting like a, a movement, but it doesn't negate like the message like of the that sentiment. Movement. Yeah. And, it, and it's easier just to keep harping on the same thing than to actually address. Cause it's, it's hard, right? It's a hard situation. Cause we, we say, okay, if we, if we defund the police, if we have a policeless world, what will that look like? And it's a really hard question. It's a really hard question to answer. I don't have the answer. I'm too fucking stupid to figure out the answer. But the thing is like when you ask the question and you're expecting like people to like kind of come up with an answer and you're, you're this, um, you know, you're this media personality or, or you're at least famous on Twitter or whatever. Blue check. Yeah you're a blue check or like you have a big following and you were harping on these identity politics and you're talking about you're, you're communist, right? Quote unquote communist. And you're harping on these identity politics and you, you don't have a solution. You don't understand what a policeless world would look like. You, you don't know how to solve things. So you're just going to keep regressing back to like what, you know? Yeah. Um, I want so to the, say the, about the, the identity. Well, the identitarians are regressing back to um, identities are the only thing that matter. And, you know, we need to talk about uh, why, you know, um, we need to talk about why, uh, I don't know, Brie Larson is getting paid 70 cents on the dollar to Brad Pitt. Or, you know, it's like the anti-identitarians are having to regress back to that and saying like, oh, well, this movement says that that black lives matter. (laughs) You know, uh, honestly, we need to look at class instead of race. And it's like, well, both are wrong. That's what I'm getting off my soapbox. Yeah. Um, I had like one um, about the Glenn Greenwald thing. I had like one bit that I enjoyed, which was – so, yeah, Matt, I agree with you is that these um, like Twitter itself is not a great place to discuss like big sweeping ideas and at all, really. But at the very least, it, it can't like, you know, there are certain things that like, yeah, I think people should talk about on there in the limited way that Twitter allows them. But what we've just seen is stuff like this, with like like where it's like in this like situation, which is pretty much like. As far as like our generation goes, this is pretty um, new territory. Like we've not had a situation like this before. And instead of talking about that, you just change your name to ACAB Rocky or something. And then you tweet about how this, yeah, this journalist who does, you know, like, like really important work, especially like in South America in like what is like basically the fascist stronghold of South America now not saying that someone doesn't doing good work and validates like them doing bad things, but at the very, like you have someone who, who is already this like person of import and you search through all this shit to figure out, Oh, when he met his husband, Glenn was whatever, like 30 and his husband was 19. And so I, if I want to talk about the definition of grooming, 
you can't groom someone if they're over the age already. The idea is that you you like groom them when they're underage so that when it's legal, you can fuck them with impunity. Or if they're like a child, you can just get them into your pocket or whatever. So that already that's bunk. But then you 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 just create these other layers and layers and layers of bullshit. Um, and my favorite my favorite response to this was from Glenn himself, where someone just tweeted like it's an unrelated third party, and they were just like, "Man, this is really weird. Like, I don't know why this person's going on about this." And Glenn's like replies to them to be like, "Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on either." And this person responds to Glenn to be like. I know who you are. You're an abuser. I'm not scared of you. And Glenn, who, and, and like, if I was in his situation, I would say the same thing. He just would tweet or replied to her to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're, you're like, you are like, just, just totally uh, ignorant on this issue and are just going on about, and basically just harassing me at this point, which she was, because she kept replying and eventually when she when he blocked her, she was like, oh, did I hurt his feet? doing the thing where like you're like, oh, someone, uh, you know, basically has uh, stopped me from doing my bullshit. Now I'll act like I, I'm the victor here. Uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, shut the fuck up. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have seized this moment to uh, basically be a cop. And that's what yeah. that is, like harassing someone over something, especially something they didn't do or yeah. something that is totally fine really in the grand scheme of things is totally see, fine we have not hurting we have, anyone we have more important things to talk about like you know how the civil war wasn't actually about slavery yeah i'm, I'm you know i was shocked when i read that i was like wow I, I guess you opened my eyes you're right it wasn't it was about economic inequality and industrialization congratulations big brain on that one it's like horseshoe theory um, is like if I'll buy into it anyway, it's that someone who is a, like engaging in head assery um, on either side of the spectrum will eventually come back around to the where they're engaging in the same head assery that the right does. So it's like if you're a leftist and doing head ass logic, you will eventually come around to just basically repackaging right head assery into leftist head assery. Well, I, I, you know, I think I rightfully said that, um, Australians who are into American politics are like the most racist people. Cause like there was this, um, there was this Facebook group that my nephew showed me and it was, uh, he was like, let's try and left jacket. And it was like, uh, uh, something about Trump and whatever. And I was like, we're probably not going to be able to do this, but cause these people are, Oh no, it wasn't about Trump. It was like, um, it was talking about things like you don't want to hear, right? Like get it off your chest, things that people don't oh, want to hear. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a Trump, basically a Trump support group. And I was looking at people's profiles who were talking about like crime statistics in America, right? About like the racial yeah. breakdown of crime statistics. And I looked at their profile. I was going to like actually respond to them because they were like saying all this racist shit. And I was like, come on. And I looked at their profile and every single person was from Australia. And I was, I was like, <laughs> why, are, why does yeah. Australia like breed these people who love American politics, but like are also racist? Because I mean, like when you make the statement, you know, if you make the right wing talking point that the civil war wasn't fought because of slavery and you're like, one, you're not from this country. So you're kind of like engaging in yeah. this weird debate with, some like people who live here and have to deal with like the actual consequences instead of someone who lives on a, a different, uh, you know, a different colony of prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, also 
you, you you're like this person who spits you're an intellectual right intellectual uh air quotes who spits these word salads at people and tells people to read all these articles but you don't even care to read you know the uh declaration of succession that the states did which yeah your boy wanted to make sure that his history professor was right and i pulled up oh, again yeah. and typed in uh slavery um or I typed in first I typed in industrialization, like in industry, uh, industrial industrialization, uh, two results out of all those derivatives, uh, yeah. typed in economics, uh, 15 results for those. Um, and most of it was talking about the, uh, like, like n- not economics in the terms that we think of, it was talking about it in a different way. Yeah. And I typed in slavery and there was like, 60 something results, 58, I think yeah. something like that results of slavery and, and, and derivatives thereof, um, slaves, slavery, whatever. And so I go, Oh, okay. Like their declaration of uh, succession mentioned slavery and talks about how slavery is one of the reasons why. <laughs> so we're not talking about industry, you know, especially when we talk about the American civil war, we're not talking about a war that's fought over industry or economics or anything like that. We're talking about a civil a war that was fought over slavery. I, like, yeah. Yeah. From their mouth, right? Like from the people who succeeded mouth. Yeah. If you look at any, cause uh, a lot of the individual States um, pulled up, had their own, when they succeeded, they had their own sort of declar- declaration. Right. Mm-hmm. And most of them mentioned slavery as the, um, main cause. Most of them, if you did the same thing, Matt, you would find slavery as the as the thing that comes out the most. Uh, Jefferson Davis, you know, president of the CSA, is like, yeah, we're doing this because of slavery. Like, it's it's all out there, like in front of you, and like, even if you um, um, go through like primary sources, like this is all these motherfuckers talked about. All they like these like big brain southern gentlemen scholars all they could think about was how slavery was like the greatest institution ever put on earth for different reasons <laughs> like mm-hmm. like even some of them went along to be like oh slavery is so great that even like white people should be enslaved like because it makes <laughs> it just makes you a better person that's that's how far up their own asses they were about this like or this that's how enamored they were with this institution and um so people will point out that um, the South um, did quite a bit of propaganda or just criticisms of, um, you know, ca- like industrial capitalism. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that their criticisms, this is the same thing with Nazi Germany, is that people will just point out that they criticized this. So obviously they must be secret leftists or something or secret Marxists or whatever. And their criticisms of industrial capitalism was that. Yes, you had workers in wage slavery, right? That's what then they use those those terminologies. But the thing is, is that they said that that was bad because like the workers would go home and would like just live on their own. And they were like, no, the workers should be taken care of completely. So get rid of wage slavery and just do good old fashioned slavery. That's the good thing. Like like they literally like like the cartoons would be, you know, whatever wage slave. You go into your factory, you work your shift, you go home, and then you come back, right? And you go home to like your shitty little house, and you come back and do this, right? And they, and they, and like this, the next column, it's like the virgin wage slave versus the Chad African <laughs> slave. So it's like yeah. the, the Chad slave 
goes, works in the field, comes home to a luxurious feast that the master has prepared, and he sleeps in a comfy bed that his master has prepared for him. And he doesn't have to think or do anything outside of that. He just works and eats and shits and sleeps, and that's his perfect little life. Whereas the wage slave, who knows what they do after hours? Who knows what they're doing? They're probably gambling and drinking all their money away like because they can't handle it. So that's where the criticisms come from is that wage, like wage slavery is an inefficient form of slavery. It's not a good kind of slavery. It's not the, yeah. it's not the kind that the southern aristocrats have perfected. So right. that's what we need to do is it was, we need to extend it to not just the north, to the whole world, really. The whole world should be involved in this slavery because that's the best kind. So mm-hmm. – you know, this idea that they like, like that it's secretly this um, debate over like industrialization versus agriculture. It's like, it's like at the forefront of at least like the Southerners' minds was slavery and defending it. Like that was at the forefront. And anything they came up with in the aftermath was the rationalization and excuse. Well, you're, like, you're, I think you're also, you know, you're debating the point of like, Okay, let, let's just say that um, right slavery held up the southern economy, right? Let's just you know whatever give them give them that point. Let's just say slavery held up the southern economy, right? So what you're saying is that it's noble that they fought against like okay, so you're saying that it's not good or bad that they fought this like very fought for this very particular like brutal form of slavery right like chattel slavery you're you're you're, they're fighting for this they're not good or bad because they still want to be capitalists if you're critiquing a capitalist system and you're saying that oh the the north are as good and bad as the south because the north are saying let's have wage uh you know wage slaves Whereas yeah. the South's like, okay, well, let's have people who do, literally don't have autonomy. We take their autonomy from them, and we rape them, and we beat them, and all this like horrible shit. And their children are enslaved, yeah. and their children's children are enslaved. This very, very like, and that's the thing. Like when you have people who talk about um, slavery throughout the world, and they say, oh, well, every great civilization had slaves or, or whatever. You go, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, whatever. But like, the thing is. American slavery is fucking way brutal, way more brutal, right? Than like the other empires, whatever you want to Ben Shapiro shit, Rome or Greek or whatever, like way more brutal where it was like, okay, well, uh, your, your great, 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 great ancestors were slaves. So you're slaves also for like, yeah, yeah, it's like tying um like the sort of the in, like the innovation of american chattel slavery um is tying the status of slavery to like your mother's womb which did not exist in like rome or greeks or, or even like the other sort of slave trading empires like like if you were a slave it's like you were a slave until you died and that was it like you, your kids weren't bound to the like like, you know, you there was a way out, right? There was freedom to be had that wasn't just like monetary. Like if, you know, it didn't go beyond generation after generation after generation. It was for your lifetime. And it usually like, you know, you, you were a slave because you fought against them and lost. And so you were enslaved afterwards. Like that was like, you know, you weren't um, 
born out of your mother and then I, okay that's from from your birth to your death that you're in in servitude or whatever yeah joshua you're being awfully quiet are you in support of uh, states rights uh you know i think like you know say what you want about slavery but it's important we keep the monuments up because without yeah. the statues we wouldn't know about all this like the yeah. whole reason yeah. The whole reason we even know the Confederacy existed is because of all the statues. And so yeah. how am I supposed to learn about slavery if, you know, all the Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee statues are taken down? You know, what? what's next? We're going to tear down Mount Rushmore? Yeah, we, uh, we should. Um, I was going to say, like, about – so, Matt, this, this particular individual we're referencing said, like, um, if you believe the Union cause was good, then you're like a simp for – um, wage slavery or industrialization or something like that. And yeah. so again, Matt, it's proposing that um, there is no moral difference between say, um, let's boil Let's let, if we take it on her terms, if we take it to mean that the union represented wage slavery and the South represented slavery and we strip anything else out of that. Um, I, I, I'm going to be controversial here. Wage slavery is better than slavery, especially as yeah. it existed in the South. Way so, better than American slavery. Um, because there are, there are things associated, especially in the South, there were things associated with slavery that were not associated with wage slavery. Because, like, be it as it may, your boss didn't think he had the right to rape your wife. Mm-hmm. He didn't think he had full-blown access to your body as if you were a black woman because that's what slavery meant for black women in the South is that white men had unfettered access to your body and if you defended yourself, you could be killed for it. And if you killed your master for it, you could be killed for it anyway in the courts because that was against the law. So that's something that this dumb bitch didn't consider is that for slave slave women, uh, yeah, it's way better to have to work like that, like, so for them, it would have been way better to operate in like northern wage slavery because mm-hmm. just at, le- at the very least, the foreman wouldn't be knocking at your door that you that you lived in on their property. So if you're a slave woman, you were living with your abuser on their property who could mm-hmm. come and get you whenever he well, wanted to. There was a there was a picture a while ago and it was a, a picture where the girl was like, I won't wear a mask or whatever. Cause, and she had a picture of this um, slave that had on the um, the iron bit. Right in the mouth, which is like awful. Oh my god, I can't even imagine it. But like that picture was, it was so wrong because she was equating like having to wear a mask for other people's like health to um, yes. a girl who uh, the the her she was a Brazilian slave, and her um, master. The story goes, her master was constantly raping her. Mm-hmm. And the wife of the master got pissed off, so she had her like beaten and had an iron bit put in her mouth. So like the yeah. two are, you know, very equivalent. So yeah, uh, uh, honestly, if you're if you're simping for uh, if you're simping for the union and thinking that they're the good guys versus the South being the bad guys, you know, just uh, just remember that both both that and going home and making pennies on the dollar are the exact same. They're yeah. equal. Do the in, quick do the quick thought exercise of like you go to the slaves and you're like, okay, you have two options. You know, you can keep being a slave in your current conditions in the South, or you'll be a wage slave, you get to go home and you'll pay you. And they're like, 
well, that's still another form of capitalism. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I want that. Uh, you know, obviously you're going to choose the better option. Yeah. Can we critique the union? Of course. The union did a ton of fucking yeah. shit. Like, like we're not saying that they're perfect or even good. We don't even have to say that they're good because they can still be evil. But they're like – this idea that there's absolutes only, like there's no degrees to anything. Well, it's super, like there's no nuance to isn't, what we're saying. Isn't that what, like, they're, like, that's engaging. That debate is engaging in this, like, postmodern neoliberalism, right? By saying that, oh, well, there is no, um, not, not you, Josh. I'm, I'm talking no, about saying, uh, yeah. Amy Therese's argument. It's like, Oh well, there be, grow up. There are no good guys and bad guys, and it's like, well, no. I mean, like Germany, World War Two, like bad guy, right? Like we can kind of yeah. there are things that are horrible, and like American chattel slavery is like one of the things that I think we can agree, regardless of how bad the union is, was it was a worthy cause to fight against. Uh, yeah. Even if it was a side effect, even if it was the union didn't want just the slavery to end or whatever, even if it was a side effect, we can say that that was a net good mm-hmm. thing that happened. I think we're allowed to say that. I think we're allowed to say Absolutely. this is white, and this is black, and this in this circumstance, right? But but yeah, it's the engaging well, the in thing that, is um, that. The thing is, mm-hmm. like, we're not even saying it's white or black. We're just saying what is objectively way worse than the other. That's yeah. all we're saying. We're not yeah. like, we don't, more evil. Like, no yeah. one is yeah. actually. Well, it's not even lesser evilism. It's like yeah. it's like what is okay. So you have um, you have slavery on the one hand and not slavery on the other. One's evil and one's not. You know, it's just it's not even lesser evilism at that point. And you can like even criticizing what came after slavery, um, like the conditions that. Um, like black people in the South were forced to endure. It's like, again, that's not a failure of getting rid of slavery. It's a failure of like reconstruction. It's a failure of of like not following through with um, reconstruction and and the union, like in the Republicans getting cold feet on reconstruction, like had reconstruction been fully pursued, like hard reconstruction been fully pursued. (laughs) Hard R, like, hard R reconstruction. Yeah, it would have been like <laughs> like a much yeah hard R, capital R reconstruction. Um, it would have been a much like like the South would look. I mean, it would look way way different than it does now because like what basically happened is that the, the Republicans backed off and sold like I mean black Southerners down the river. And allowed the white planter class to reassume their position of political superiority. Like mm-hmm. they just um, – in exchange for like – who was it? Like in 1870, it was like um, – it was some – and it's basically in exchange for like one of their – like like some fucking nobody pre- becoming president. In exchange for that, they let the South basically return to its um, – you know pre like antebellum form, just like, you know, different. It was different. It looked different, but it was basically the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to say, well, they got rid of slavery and black and black people still suffered. And it's like, yeah, but that's not the fault of getting rid of slavery. That's the fault of like Northern Republicans being pussies and just yeah. giving up and not doing what was necessary, which was to rip up the roots of Southern society and like shake it all up. Like that's what needed to happen. And they just didn't do that. 
Right. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting though, and I think I I kind of want to move on a little bit from here. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, especially, you, you know, again, we're talking about stuff that doesn't actually matter now, I guess, but like in terms of people's thought processes and in, in, in light of everything that's happening, Black Lives Matter and, and COVID, uh, I think we're, we are kind of regressing back to this like kind of neoliberal um, like debates, right? Like, so we talk about, uh, you know, we talk about uh, age gaps and grooming, right? We talk about, uh, you know, the, the civil war and like why it was fought, right? We talk about like the, um, the different ways. And like I told, texted you guys today, we talk about the fault of the individual, right? So I texted you guys that 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 tweet and discussing how everything that happens is the fault of the individual. Uh, you know, I think the tweet I can't remember verbatim. I, Cole, I saw that you liked it, so I'm not gonna try and like, you know, I'm not gonna crap on it or whatever. Um, let me just pull it up real quick so I can, because I don't want to misquote. Um, the communist okay. incel one. Yeah. So, oh, um, I thought it was funny. <laughs> it just made me yeah, laugh. It's, it's a communist incel, a guy who thinks the reason he doesn't smash is because of the capitalism. Right. And, you know, I'll just tell the viewers what I thought I said. Um, I, I was like, it, it, it kind of is, it's not really, but you know, it's not one to one, but it kind of is because statistics point to the rise of less and less relationships because people work all the time and don't want to engage in activity outside of work. And I said, one of a uh, friend of the pod once told me, uh, one of my problems is that I only have school and work to interact with women because I suck at dating apps and all of my hobbies are solitary in nature, which is my problem, not capitalism, but still. And I said, I think the fact that people think that everything is wrong with the individual is liberalism fully realized. It's your fault you're poor. It's your fault you're single. If you're poor, you're just dumb. If you're single, it's because you have a shitty personality. And I think um, the reason I brought that up, like especially today, is because I think that we are seeing a regression, right, into this like neoliberal tendency of, of f- again, fighting battles that don't matter solely yeah. based off of like individual traits, right? Like we're looking at like in, it, instead of like these sweeping structural things that we say, okay, well, um, you know, racism in America is inherently tied with, with capitalism and policing in America is entirely inherently tied with both of them. Right. It, it's, it's, you know, has its roots in both capitalist, um, ventures and racism of the slave catchers, you know, instead of, it's really hard to look at those things. So we have to start looking at these things that don't matter and, and start blaming individuals, right? Okay. Society is bad because of solely individuals, in in society you know not all cops are are, are bad like the, the ones that are uh look at this one dumb cop doing this one dumb thing of like killing yeah. somebody right? we need to we need to only punish that one cop we need to, to to work for that right instead of looking at the structure of the police force as a whole or for instance instead of finding the root of people suffering right instead of finding the structure that's in place that uh definitely perpetuate suffering we're just going to say it's because people are shitty people have shitty personality and they can't do anything about it right you just need to not have a shitty personality and it's like well well what's the root of that what, what's what, what's wrong you know like what what's the cause of that is it just 
is, is it is it the fascistic thing that their blood is inherently right like we were talking about last episode with yeah, uh, with Loomis? Yeah. are we all are we all Loomis now do we think something is inherently wrong with the blood do we think it's like a result of you know a traumatic experience or do we think uh, maybe a superstructure in place is causing people to to view this I, I don't know because again I'm stupid as hell but I think we are seeing this uh, regression because it's hard to to talk about these things. But I think honestly, you know, like Zizek says, uh, you know, Marx is like, uh, you know, it's been the philosopher's job uh, up until this point to interpret the world. The point, however, is to change it. And Zizek's like, well, maybe, maybe we tried to change it a lot and we haven't succeeded really. So maybe we do need to start thinking a little more and start talking a little more. I, when you when you sent that message, I pretty much agree with with all your points because uh, the the idea of the incel really has a lot. Like the the philosophy of the incel is well, the reason why I'm single and the reason why I hate women because that's what an incel is like they hate women yeah. um, is because they're women like that just because of who women are. That's why. I hate them where like was, yeah, they ascribe their like it, to it being a rejection of all women. Towards exactly. Like a, like exactly. A, like a and yeah. in this case, granted, it's like, it's a tweet. It's, it's just a funny tweet. It seems like, but just, there is a, a, hint, a hint of truth in it in that. Well, yeah, you can actually look at uh, the superstructure and say, well, like all these things have been going on for the past couple of decades. I, you know, so, so I, I don't want to cut you off uh, just real quick, Josh. I, I, I do want to say that, yeah, the tweet, right. Like you said, it, it is funny, but like the, I, I was reading some of the replies cause I was interested to see what people thought and people were taking it seriously. And he, and the guy himself who tweeted it was taking it seriously too. So that's, oh. what, that's, oh, that's, okay. what to, that's what I wanted to say about that. Like they were, they were uh, like, yeah, look yeah. at these miserable fucks, like type stuff. So right. sorry. Go ahead. Fun. Oh no, you're good. But like there, there is truth to it because you know, if you stop and actually look about, look at what's happening, you'll realize, well, a lot of the issues in our society when it comes to relationships is because so much of it has been taken over by capitalism and capitalism has like deteriorated all of this. And so is it the, like, is it in every situation or like, like it's, they're kind of saying it as a joke in a way, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Not that he meant it as a joke, but it, it seems like a joking tone, like, ha, 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 look at these guys. But it's like, well, this is serious and um, because people are suffering. It's like causing misery because of how our society is set up. So instead of just laughing at people and mocking them, like actually take a second to look at what's going on. And maybe, like you said, it's it's stupid to just blame the individual for everything. Yeah. And I think the reason I wanted to bring that up is uh, it it ties nicely into what I was saying earlier about how we look at we look at the the blaming of the individual um, as this, you know, again, it's yeah, it's in a humorous tone um, and the replies were a little more not humorous, I guess. They were a little more serious, taking it too seriously. Um, But at the same time, like we always, we keep asking ourselves and these people who keep like talking about this kind of stuff, keep asking themselves, like, why are people mad? Why are people out rioting? Why are people, you know, why are people again? uh, You know, I texted, I said this on Twitter 
I went to the supermarket and there was people, nobody was wearing masks. And why is that? Why, yeah. why are people not wearing masks anymore and not social distancing? And it's because they're resigned to their fate, right? It's this form of, um, I think it is this form of uh, either, if not nihilism, then defeatism. Fatalism. And saying, huh? Is it fatalism? Like, yeah, exactly. And, and, and they're resigned to it, right? They say, okay, well, if I go to the store, and we can't do anything about COVID because our leaders are incompetent as, you know, it's clear to anybody who has half a functioning brain can see. Um, yeah. Our leaders are feckless and they're not, they can't solve anything. Uh, the, com- the sense of community has completely dissolved. Uh, people are less happy. We're taking more antidepressants than ever. We're getting in less committed relationships. So, so we have the only thing that we have to live for. And capitalism keeps telling us this. I saw this from a lecture from Ashley Frawley, by the way. So I'm taking this idea uh, mm-hmm. from her. She's a great uh, Twitter account. Follow her. Watch her videos. They're great. Uh, the individual is told constantly that your happiness is the only thing that matters, right? It's it's a liberalism at its peak. You're 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 an individual subject, and your happiness is the only thing that matters. Where it's like. But in the sense of communities dissolved, right? Because because communities are no longer everyone's like sheltered, right? They're like, oh, we don't want yeah. we don't want to talk to people. Like we're too anxious to talk to people. And why why are we too anxious, right? We could look at a a number of reasons, but I think that the most cogent argument comes from Marx. Let's look at you know let's let's do what these these psyops on on Twitter are saying not to do, which is to read. Yeah. Like side note, like I, I wanted to say this. Um, anyone telling you, I don't care what context it is. Anyone telling you not to read Marx, they are at best just an ignorant rube, and at worst they're a fucking psyop. Like I, I saw um, someone else, like some of my thoughts, which is like, if you really think that it's like um, countercultural to not read Marx then like you've played right into the hands of like, yeah, like I'm sure all the CIA people were like, no, no, don't not read Marx. They fucking love that. That's great. If you don't read Marx. Yeah. Like, and it's like, um, like that, like the one person who's like, you should read Angela Davis. Angela Davis would tell you to read Marx. That's where she got her fucking ideas from. Like Mm -hmm. not saying that like, like, or, or at the very least, like she read Marx and then developed her theories off of what she read from Marx. Like, and, and like Marx isn't the end all be all. He is. It's like a spark for ideas, for thinking. You read his shit. It's foundational. OK, Lenin his shit is foundational. Like, like read this shit and then you can then you can branch out like 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 you could like read it in addition to Marx, all these other people. But don't skip mm-hmm. over him just because you want to be like like. Like it's woke to skip over him. Like, like you're applying these dumbass, like backwards things. Like, well, he's an old white man. First of all, he's not old; he's dead. Second of all, <laughs> this this shit, this theory comes from him. So if you want to understand it, you really have to read that much. I'll be honest; I haven't read that much Marx. Okay, I read just enough to get a foundation. I actually probably know more about British cat like communists than I know about Marx. So like, that's just yeah, you don't have to read that much. Just read enough. You get get the foundational, get the get the terms, get the terminology that he that he brought about. Anyone telling you not to is full of shit. And they're at the very like I said, they're trying to get clout by being like, oh, I'm cool. I'm not going to read Marx. I'm going to read these other people who 
got their shit from Marx, who who used Marx as a foundational tool, who mm-hmm. used Lenin as a foundational tool. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, well, I think also. Um, so what I, I'm going to finish my one thought, and then I'm going to uh, address that. Um, Marx. We need to go back to Marx and, and quote him. Right? Uh, he said that uh, in capitalism, all that is solid melts into air. Right. Yeah. So it dissolves into air, which is like it's true. It's it's fle- everything's fleeting. We ascribe, you know, um, we, we take like, again, like solid things like community or relationships or whatever. And we just it's just it's dissolved by capitalism. Right. And so he's he's very he's very good. If you read him, he's very good at predicting those types of things that are happening. Right. Someone someone who I argued with actually had a, an interesting point. He said Marx was very good. He like predicted neoliberalism. He didn't use the term neoliberal. He didn't yeah. use the term professional managerial class because none of that shit existed when <laughs> Marx was alive. Yeah. But but he was good at predicting the ills of society. And not only that, he he uh, he basically prescribed the 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 cure, right? He prescribed that he, here's what you what you need to do in order to break these um these chains, right? To break the chains of capitalism, essentially. And yes, you're right. Um, you don't necessarily, to be a communist or to be a Marxist even, I don't think you necessarily have to read all of Marx. But yes, you, you need, you need, a, you need a, a foundational, especially if you're going to debate these ideas or talk about them, you kind of need the foundational, yeah. like at least read like Marx's greatest hits, right? You know, like read some, mm-hmm. some of them. Um, you know, read the comic. Comics manifesto is easy. You can yeah. read it in like two hours. Manifesto is great. It's like a, it's like a quick. It's like a fucking on YouTube. It's like a channel trailer. Like it'll, it'll get you up to speed. Like, yeah, yeah. you read the Communist manifesto, and everyone reads that, right? So you need the Communist manifesto, and you need to read like a little. You could even read a Wikipedia page about his other ideas, right? Read read about uh, alienation, right? Read about commodity fetishism. If you read those things, if you get like a basis of his ideas or even watch a YouTube video, that's simple, right? People, yeah. people, Marx, they can, they can describe Marx better than if you just read him, you know? Like so, capital, especially if you want to understand capital, it's pretty dense. So like, yeah, I would recommend like just having like someone break it down. Like the way I got through capital, um, through most of it anyway, was a guy who basically wrote a whole book explaining capital. So he <laughs> yes, would be like. You know, yeah, and yeah. and that's the thing. If you get those like foundational things, then then yes, you'll you'll understand. I mean, that's that. So what we're talking about, Angela Davis, right? People were like, "Oh, read Angela Davis." She was talking about in the Black Panther quote how she said that when they did the education, right? Black Panthers were were great yes. at this. They they thought education was important. One of the requirements to read, and I still haven't read it. I have it on my bookshelf, but this is bad. Uh, to read State and Revolution, yes, right? By Lenin. I had the the PDF of it for a while now too. Oh. And she book club guys, let's start it. Uh, and she says um, that there were people in that class who couldn't read. Right. They, they went through public education, and because they and, were yeah. African Americans, they weren't taught how to read because it didn't matter. Um, so they literally sat there with a dictionary and taught themselves how to read linen. And when she, when they came back and discussed the ideas, she said that those people who didn't know how to read, who read linen, understood the ills of society better than any sociology professor ever will. 
Yeah. And that, I think that's true. I think if you read, if you read these guys, they're a lot of times are dense. A lot of times they're hard reading, you know, sometimes they're, they're breezy. Marx is way better than Heigl, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you try to read Heigl, it's like impossible, but if you could read Marx and, and dialectical materialism and you could understand that, then you could, you could understand the ills of society pretty well. Definitely. Um, one of the last things I want to say kind of ties into this um, in this discussion about like, you know, educating yourself, but also uh, helping educate others. I saw a great tweet. Someone said was like, you know, everybody's seen all the problems that are going on and it's just, it's very overwhelming. Like it's, 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 if you can, most people are turned off by it and we'll just turn off like Twitter or the news or whatever and run away from it. Or if you are keeping up to date with all the events that are happening, you're like super fucking depressed about it because it's, it's not fun to deal with, but it, it is happening. And they said, you know, what's like, everybody's searching for, okay, what do we do? How can we help? You know, obviously like going to protest helps. And, but one of the simplest things and one of the more effective things that people don't think about is like to get, People to change like America, yes, you have to tackle the structure. You have to get rid of the systems. But you also actually have to help like change the general consensus. And so one of the most effective things you can do is like talk to your friends, talk to your family, especially if you know they're conservative, and have these discussions with them. It doesn't have to be antagonistic, but have discussions about capitalism, what might be causing this. Um, and so of course, reading up on things is very important because you'll feel more confident if you actually know what you're talking about. I had an experience where I went home for father's day over the weekend and, you know, my family is very conservative, like traditional Christian. And I made a comment about how like my mom invited me to go to some place. And I said, Oh, I, I'd only feel comfortable going there after like there's a vaccine for coronavirus. Cause I like, want to limit the amount of people I'm around, yeah. especially if I don't like, like I, I feel comfortable hanging out with you guys. Cause I know pretty right, much where you've been, it. but there's yeah. with randos. You don't know where they've gone. So it's yeah. just this production thing. And my, my brother like whispered under his breath. He's like, okay, liberal. And I was like, well, I'm actually not liberal. And my mom's like, Oh, well then what are you? I'm like, Oh, I'm a socialist. And like, was trying to explain these things to her or whatever. And it's like, you might think that everybody's up to date on this, but many, most people in America yeah. still see it like they're just fed the media. So what the media portrays is there's a Republican, that's the right. There's liberal and that's the left. Yeah. And um, you're either in one of those groups. And so a lot of people still, if you get off Twitter, don't really talk about socialism or even know what a socialist is. And so, like, mm -hmm. I have to give credit to you guys because if it wasn't for you two sharing these thoughts with me and helping me think about, like, just get the machine started, then I would mm -hmm. have never became a socialist or even thought about Marx or whatever. Just because, yeah. like, the amount of propaganda we receive as Americans is astounding. And you mm -hmm. don't really realize until you're out of that bubble. So, you know, I would say if you're listening to this, like the best thing you do besides read up, also read up on Marx is like, have these discussions with your, the people who probably don't even know like why things are happening. Cause they know, like everybody knows something's wrong. I, it's very hard pressed to find someone who's like, okay, black people dying is good. Like those people are out there, but they're very 
few and far between. Like most of the time, people just don't know how to react to it. And so they, they forget about it and they ignore it. And the important yeah. thing is not to ignore it. Typically, like the the ills of society are very banal, right? Like they're very um, they're very. Uh, I don't see what that has to do with me, or um, well, they should do. They should, you know, obey the law. It's typically yeah. like the banal. The, like again, it's like the banality of evil, right? It's like very a banal way of like living and and interacting with society and stuff like that. And I can't. Yeah, I I want to say josh i agree 100 percent. i think everyone needs to go talk to people because i mean you know um you're one of the three people that i've converted them to marketing <laughs> so i mean like yeah. you know and I've, I've actually turned a couple of people uh you know whose minds were pretty made up i've, I've, I've actually convinced them of, of something I, I convinced the person of uh that medicare for all is the way that we need to go and they were like staunch against medicare for all mm-hmm. and i've convinced the person that another person that like in the eyes of uh, uh, in the eyes of the people, the, it depends on who's the terrorist and who's the revolutionary. Exactly. Right? You know, in a, the American Revolution, we weren't terrorists; we were revolutionaries. But like the Palestinians who are fighting it back against the oppressive Israelis, they are terrorists, right? And so I, I changed their mind about that. So yeah, I, I agree. Talk to people, right? Just just talk to them. I mean, that's honestly what you have to do. Now, there are some people, and I will say this real quick, sorry to, to keep on harping on this, but there are some people who won't change their mind, and that's fine. Yeah, That's fine. There are some people, and you can, you can see these people, and I'll, I'll tell you who they are. They're the people on college campuses that, wear, uh, that have signs that say socialism sucks, and they wear um, pink polos and shorts that are way too short and spare. Those are the people whose mind you won't change on socialism because they don't know what socialism is. And regardless of how often you talk to them, they won't change their mind. It's fine. Those are the, there are people like that. But yeah, like you know, find people who you can talk to about ills of society, and then boom, just talk to them about it. And and really quick, uh, last thing, uh, and then Cole, you can say your piece. Um, okay. So on that, it's like one of the reasons why just bringing up the discussion is, is more important than even just having them change their mind is because it's exposing them to something new and a new way of looking at socialism. Because again, most people don't interact with socialists. And so if you're on Twitter and you're talking about like, you know, thinking of revolution and like, we need to change. It's like, well, the change isn't going to happen if people don't know what like what the change looks like or what it, what it's about. And because most people don't even think about it, you know, like, like Lenin wouldn't have been able to lead, lead the revolution in Russia if the people who were following him didn't understand these concepts as well and weren't yeah. like understanding, okay, this is why I'm suffering. And he was able to lead them in that way. And so like, you have to get people to understand they know they're suffering. Like most people know something's amiss but they don't know why and so if you can offer a solution that's very satisfying to them. that's why conservatism that's why nationalism is so satisfying because it's offering a solution all mm-hmm. your problems are happening because of uh, brown people invading your country and the great replacement and people love by figuring out why things are fucked up I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh Josh, you mentioned Lenin. I was going to say Lenin was another sort of uh, thing from this past weekend. 
uh, with someone who I always love the 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 people who do detective work on these accounts with some woman being like, oh, my parents um, were Russian can, immigrants. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. She was like, you can be left wing and not defend Lenin. You I really saw can't. that. I saw and, that. And um, they're like, just like, yeah, Matt, like you said, they're like, I was born. Uh, I'm a survivor of communism. It's like they were born in like 1997. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Um, and it's like, you're telling me I can't have a palace full of dead slaves. Like, what are you talking about? Also, communism like, destroyed the country. That's the thing too, is that like, like knowing what happened to Russia after the Soviet Union fell, it's like what destroyed the country was it being opened up for like just these venture capital vultures. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's the largest reduction in standard of living and life expectancy in peacetime ever is mm-hmm. Russia post the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this one woman who with her account where people look through it and like, yeah, here she is like jizzing over Margaret Thatcher. And it's like, yeah, okay. So we know who this person is, but right. yeah, she's like, you can be, you could be left wing and not defend Lenin. It's like, uh, no, you can't, you have to defend Lenin. I, I'm, I'll be firm on this. You have to, you yeah, have to. See, I, I, yeah. I agree. Stalin's, you, an, Stalin's another thing. I, you know, it's Stalin's not, a coin not, toss. There are people who won't tanky. defend. You're yeah. not a tanky. If you defend Lenin, you can defend Lenin. You have to, if you're left, you're going to be left wing or socialist. You have to be like, Lenin's at the very 100%. least, you have to like invite Lenin to the to the barbecue. I'm sorry, you have to. Exactly. If you, if you don't, you're you can fucking. Shit on, I, you can shit on Trotsky. You can shit on Stalin. You can shit on Mao. No, Lenin is non-negotiable. Yeah. You. I will not trust you if you if you're like, well, actually, here's you know, I'm going to talk shit all over. You could be like, he didn't. He wasn't like. You can. Your criticisms can can come from. I wish he would have done better. Cool. But if you're going to be like, well, actually, he was bad. I'm, I'm not going to trust you. I'm like, uh, PSYOP, I don't trust that. Mm-hmm. I don't trust like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Any, yeah, but uh, general thoughts are, yeah, like um, talking to people and getting – because, like, you know, American political discourse has been for whatever, the last 40 years, probably longer than that, is that anyone left of, like, Attila the Hun – is a um, full-blown commie Marxist person, right? Like mm-hmm. the the like people like the rhetoric that people get is that someone like Biden or or Clinton or Kamala Harris or far leftist, and it's like you really the the important work is breaking people out of that, mm-hmm. like explaining that America is a one-party state, like and I like the best way to explain that is to be like. Think of all the things that Democrats and Republicans both agree on. A lot of stuff. Like there are things that both parties agree are non-negotiable. So they're literally just kind of not two sides of the same coin, I guess, would be a good way to put it. But just one, it's just, you know, like different wings of the same party, you know, but they're the same party, more or less. They both they agree on so many. They agree on a set number of things and disagree about some of the minutiae. But um, yeah, just breaking people out of that concept that the Democrats are the left, is, mm-hmm. you know, not really. I, like I, I want to say one last thing before we wrap up, and this is it's very quick. Um, also, just because Angela Davis, Noam Chomsky, Bernie Sanders, and whoever the fuck else says vote for Biden, guess what? You don't have to vote for Biden. Nope. Because here's the thing: um, one, we followed those people. Uh, I don't, I don't like Chomsky. Um, at all, 
but Angela Davis is cool. Bernie is cool, whatever. Oh, yeah. We follow those people, not because uh, of them, but because of their ideas. And once those ideas yeah. um, we don't care about anymore, like it's fine that we don't have to listen to them. We don't have That's to listen to Bernie. Of, of like not being like, like liberal idealism, like not, not kicking an idol. Right. Like you don't, you don't, we have to do that. Like liberals yeah, and, are and just because, like their idols. And, like, and just you know. because they're progressives and just because they've had good ideas in the past doesn't mean every single one's going to be hit out of the park. And one of those ideas that they all got wrong was Biden. Sorry, I yield my time. Fuck you. <laughs>